Welcome, friends, to Roundtable Radio, produced by Roundtable Writers, where artists support artists. Our multi-generational and multi-genre community is always open to new members. Go to www.roundtablewriters.org to learn more. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Thanks for listening. From poetry and the profound to practical portraits of the writing life, from genres of the fantastic and romantic to matters of the stalwart dramatic, welcome to Roundtable Radio, a Roundtable Writer's production. Soft breeze is blowing, new green and glowing sun, warmly shining, melting the snow. Brook lets the hurry onward, they scurry down to the ocean gleaming below. Wake, oh my heart, and join in. New life is stirring, earth is reborn. For love is swelling, gay carouseling, sorrow and gold must go. Hello, friends, and welcome to Round Table Radio. My name is Odin Halverson. This is going to be the last episode of Season 1. I've been so, so, so pleased with how well Roundtable Radio has done in terms of both uh, hours listed and the episodes downloaded, and how supportive our whole community has been. I am especially grateful to Dr. Christopher Phillips, who has supported our efforts since the beginning, including with generous donations, and to Dan and Catherine our two longest patrons over at Kofi, who have put their money behind our projects um, in a really wonderful way. Now, I also want to answer the big question as quickly as possible. Will there be a season two? Uh, The answer is I hope so. (laughs) Many podcasts falter after their first season or even before, but I really want Roundtable Radio to come back, and I want it to come back with a renewed vigor. I also want to come back with some improvements to our production quality and to our content. Aside from a couple of guest appearances, this podcast has been mainly featuring my voice. But Roundtable Radio is a community project, uh, and Roundtable Writers is all about community. So I really want to bring in those other voices. So Season 2 will hopefully feature many voices, both from our intimate community circle and from members of the wider literary community. I hope to particularly focus on interviews with indie authors, so that's something to look forward to if you like supporting self-publishing and small presses. Now, that's all going to take a lot of preparation and work. Roundtable Writers is a volunteer-led community project, and all the admin rests on these here shoulders. Uh, Our wonderful member Kim has volunteered her time to manage the Twitter account for Roundtable Writers, and her work there has helped us connect to a huge number of new friends in the writing community. But for the podcast, that's just something I'll need to fit in around other Roundtable Writers projects and my own career. So, realistically, I hope to go live with Season 2 in September or October of 2022, as long as I can get enough interviews recorded over the summer. 
If you would like to be a guest, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast in order to promote your book or a project you care about, or simply to talk about the art and business of writing, let me know. You can reach us anytime at rtw.community at gmail.com or just by going to our website, www.roundtablewriters.org. In the meanwhile, we continue to have Monday morning write-ins held in our Discord every Monday. These are completely open to anyone who wants to join. We also have tentative plans to bring back our wildly popular and incredibly successful workshop series, Perhaps in an even more interactive format, we're still figuring that out. And finally, if you like what we do and want to support us, please consider joining a monthly donation tier on our Ko-fi page, or you can leave a positive rating or review on our podcast. Those really help. All right, I know that was a lot of preamble, so let me break things up by jumping into a poem. Long, Too Long America by Walt Whitman Long, too long America, traveling roads all even and peaceful, you learned from joys and prosperity only. But now, ah, now to learn from crisis of anguish, advancing, grappling with direst fate and recoiling not, and now to conceive and show to the world what your children and mass really are. For who, except myself, has yet conceived what your children and mass really are? Whew. Well, all right. So on that note, <laughs> let's jump into whether or not you should get a Master's of Fine Arts in Creative Writing. The very first question I think we need to consider is why do you want an MFA in creative writing? Uh, everyone is going to have a different perspective on this, a different reason for wanting an MFA. I got one because I love the art of writing and because writing connects to so many different things for me. So writing as a general skill set actually allows me to do a little bit of everything else that I love to do. Writing, it's sort of like an intermediary zone. It fills in the gaps in between all of my varied interests and connects them. Sort of like the gray matter in the brain. <laughs> and it's, it's become a fundamental part of my life. And I knew that as I was going on from my bachelor's, I knew that I wanted to get a graduate degree and I was, I was very conflicted. There were wonderful English programs, and every program that I applied to, from the MFAs to the English programs, I got into. I had a lot of options. Why did I pick the program that I did, which is Stone Coast out of the University of Southern Maine? Partially because Stone Coast wasn't that easy to get into, and it's a, it's a well-known writing program partially because I looked into all of the teachers there and I found that a bunch of the teachers really loved writing the sort of work that I wanted to write and that I loved to read. 
it was a very hard to find a program that was extremely friendly to genre work. And by genre work, I mean popular fiction, such as science fiction, fantasy, mystery, romance. Finding that at Stone Coast was vital. But I, I was also thinking perhaps a master's in English with a combined PhD, because those exist as well. And it seemed like that might be a better option for job prospects, at least if I wanted to teach, which I think I do at some point in time. So I finally made the decision to do this low residency program instead of a master's or a master's PhD. And I am so happy that I did. It definitely cut off certain avenues in my life. You know, it definitely limited me in certain ways. But it gave me a chance for two years to focus on what was most important to me. And it allowed me to focus on my own personal growth. So I want to go over a few things about this later on and what it means to be in a program like this and how you are going to be able to succeed in a program like this. But first, I think you you need to consider whether or not you already have a graduate degree, where you are in life. Are you just coming out of your bachelor's program? What do you expect to get out of an MFA? There, there are a lot of questions that you need to consider. Now, I knew a lot of people in my master's program who already had a very, very stable life. They already had a graduate degree of some sort. Uh, maybe they were coming from the STEM field, a lot of people from you know, computer science, a few people from like English, uh, a few people who had a bachelor's degree in the past and, you know, they're hitting their 60s and 70s, they're retiring and they want to finally work on the creative writing that has been with them their entire life, but they've never been able to prioritize. Now, if you're coming there with an entire lifetime's worth of, you know, knowledge and security and the kind of that background of a stable job, that might be a lot easier. You know, an MFA program that's low residency like Stone Coast honestly might feel like a little bit of a vacation from from your life. Um, it might feel like a, a little bit of a well-earned retirement or a vacation if you're extremely busy in other areas of your life. But are you doing well financially is a good question with an MFA, uh, especially when you're considering a low residency MFA, because you've got to take a look at the career prospects of coming out with an MFA. Now, if you're just starting out like I was, the MFA is not necessarily the best choice. It's not the worst either, but it has very specific limitations attached to it. And the way through those limitations is not easy. So consider whether or not you want a full-time or a low-residency Master's of Fine Arts in Creative Writing. Both have their pluses and minuses. A low-residency program is really helpful if you need to continue to work, especially if you need to continue to work a lot while you're undergoing your studies. Uh, which that's exactly what I needed to do. I had no way to support myself and I didn't want to take out more loans. I was already having to pay completely through loans because our society is really, really stupid when it comes to financing education. Um, but I didn't want to take out more loans than I absolutely had to just to do the program. So I was working, you know, working my butt off. 
And a full-time program just wouldn't have worked for that. I was getting scholarships at all of them, but none of those scholarships were enough to live on. So there you have it. Uh, If you do a full-time program, you're going to get benefits of community. You're going to get benefits of being in a class with other people. You're going to get that kind of 24-7 vibe. And that, that honestly is something that's really cool. And having not done that, I, uh, there's a piece of me that regrets that because some of the best moments in my low residency program were the moments when I was able to have that sense of community, when I was connecting with new friends, meeting new people, having these wonderful exchanges of ideas. That's what made the program so brilliant. So consider that. You, you're, you're trading off in various ways. Now, I can't really speak to the English or creative writing MFA directly. That's another personal personal choice that you're going to have to make. But what I can tell you is that they lead off in slightly different directions. Now, the creative writing MFA, it's a creative writing program. You're going to be geared towards creative writing. Now, if it's a good program, though, it's also going to incorporate everything else, like elements of publishing. It's going to try to give you a sense of how to teach. It's going to give you detailed uh, instruction in how to do everything from lead workshops to review people's manuscripts in, in proper editorial style. It'll also give you a network of professionals who are out there writing. So when you go to a a creative writing MFA, make sure that the people teaching you are publishing. Make sure that they have published. Make sure that they have published things that you like to read and that you would want to publish. Those are the people who are going to matter the most. Remember, it's it's not like you're making new just connections out there. This is something that... One of my mentors, Theodora Goss, an incredibly brilliant uh, person, told me, and I really took to heart, is that it's not about building connections, it's about making friends. If you look at everything in the world like a business transaction, it's not going to take you very far. But if you really look at it like, gosh, these are really cool people, and I like spending time with them, chances are you're going to go to some really cool places. So consider that. Consider that with the MFA. It's it's very specialized, it's very focused, and it's really as much about your ability to build community as it is about the skills that you're going to get. I have some more to say about how to succeed in MFA versus an English degree as well, um, but I'll get to that in just a minute. First, let's take a quick look at some of the career prospects that you can expect to have with an MFA. So... The first thing you need to know about the MFA is that it is a terminal degree. What that means is that it's considered it's considered a final degree. With that degree, you can teach. You can function in the world as a professional. Oftentimes, graduate degrees, like a, a, a graduate, a master's in English, that, that's not a terminal degree. You are pretty much expected to go on and get yourself a doctorate um, of some sort. If you don't, your chances of teaching go way down. Now, with an MFA, you can oftentimes slot into the same jobs that someone with a master's in English could slot into. So it it, it gives you that same kind of space, but you're also considered to be an expert in creative writing. So you have a chance of teaching at creative writing programs and things like that, that you just wouldn't if you only had a master's in English. 
So that's teaching. Teaching is a, is a big one and something you really need to look at. It's, it's in a certain sense, pretty easy to get into um, once you really set your mind to it. There are some opportunities out there. It's, you know, <laughs> let me take that back. It, it is not easy to get into. It, it's a nightmarish hassle. <laughs> but it is also possible to find a career there that will keep you going. So teaching next is uh, freelance writing. That's what I ended up doing after my program. I got into writing um, for a online publication and that job actually came about because my mentor from my undergrad reached out to me and said, Hey, I liked working with you. You're a cool person. I know that you can get the job done. I know you're self-motivated, look, I'm the manager for this place right now. Why don't you come over here and work for me? And that's how it happened. You know, we worked out a pay scale that works and I write for them. And I honestly love them. They're great people. I get to write about stuff that I'm passionate about and enjoy. Really couldn't ask for more. And I'm getting paid a pretty solid industry, industry standard. So that's exciting. Freelance writing is a great way to go if you have an MFA. You're going to be head and shoulders above people who don't have an MFA. A lot of people I've met have gone through English graduate programs. Frankly, they're going to be too uncomfortable uh, writing in the style that's required for a lot of these online publications. Whereas someone with a creative writing MFA, especially if you went to a program that focused on popular fiction sort of work and popular culture, then you're just going to be better off. All right. So then there's uh, there's the publishing industry. Now, this one's really interesting because you don't actually need any sort of like writing or English degree to get into publishing. In fact, a lot of the time what you need to get into publishing is something more like a communications degree, tech degree. Um, there, there are a lot of other degrees that they're looking for right now. Uh, the publishing industry really is a vast industry that's kind of untapped as a job market because too often people think of it as just being purely attached to writing when there's really a lot of other stuff that goes on. However, if you're coming from an MFA program, publishing is a pretty good bet. The catch is whether or not you've been getting experience in it. So as I mentioned in the last episode, you really want to attach yourself to the literary journal of whatever school you're working for at both the undergraduate level and the master's of fine arts level. So if your MFA program uh, isn't offering a journal, if it doesn't have a dedicated literary journal, don't do that MFA program. Get out or uh, you know make part of your your final project with that MFA program to start a literary journal for that MFA and to help run it in the background because you're going to need that experience and it looks really, really good on your resume and it helps build the skill set that you're going to need to get into publishing. Also, look for internships. Get on the internship bandwagon as early as possible. Um, find them with magazines. A lot of popular fiction magazines will have different internships. Try to find them with the big publishing companies. If you can, those are the best to go for. And just get out there. Find literary agencies and contact them directly. Get internships. Get experience. If you want to get into publishing, and publishing is a pretty great place to get into once you're there, you know, you're really going to have to work at it. Uh, I will say that just like anything else, it's a hard industry to get into. 
And I think it really requires someone who is a people person. So you really have to be able to find a way to connect with other people. If you're going to go this route, the MFA route, frankly, unless you are banking on being completely supported by the, uh, you know, the majesty of your writing, or you are somehow like otherwise financially secure, you really need to open up and become a, uh, a people person. <laughs> you really need to make those human connections your priority. Uh, which leads us to the final thing, the writing and the publishing of your own work. Uh, if you're going to do this, wow, awesome, good for you. That's a big part of why you did the MFA in the first place, right? So don't lose sight of that. Just understand that that is a huge, a huge amount of work. In order to really succeed at that, you're going to be you're going to be basically required to not just write in one genre. You should be writing short stories. You should be writing your novel. You should be writing poetry. You should be writing nonfiction essays. You should be writing everything. If you're going into an MFA and you're saying, hey, look, you know, I've got this really cool project and uh, yeah, I just really want to work on this one thing and all I care about is my thing. Oh God, you're, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but you are not going to go far. Oh, make sure that you're diversifying. That, that said, ultimately you got to work on what you're most passionate about and you're going to really need to work on it 24 seven. So once you're in the, when you're in the MFA, all right, it's easier, right? You have this structure, you have a support mechanism, you're there in a program that's making sure that you get assignments done on time. As soon as that MFA ends, you know, most people end up not writing anything at all. It's really sad. So you really got to make sure that you are setting yourself up for success during the years that you're in an MFA. You need to build a writing community. You need to prepare yourself for what's coming next. You need to connect with literary organizations that are local or online. You need to be submitting your work to different conferences so that you can get out there. You really need to have that self-motivation as early as possible so that when you get to the end of that MFA, you don't just have a thesis, you don't just have an MFA, you have a network that you can rely on to get your work out there and to keep you motivated to continue to do your work. Truthfully, if you uh, go down this route, if you go down the MFA route, you're going to need to do all of the things that I've just mentioned. You're going to need to be a teacher. You're going to need to. Just simple fact. You're going to need to be capable of doing freelance writing. You're going to need to be getting into the publishing industry to some degree, at the very least that you understand it for yourself. But honestly, you're probably going to want to find some, some work in there. And then you're going to need to maintain your own writing practice, which frankly is going to be the hardest part of all of this for a lot of people. Your, your own writing practice is going to get shunted aside so many times by the other stresses and needs in life. And you're going to have to keep coming back to it with a lot of compassion and just get that work done. So that's the final point here is that no matter what, you're going to need to be self-motivated. Uh, nobody else is going to do this for you, ultimately. And because you're kind of splitting yourself up into a bunch of different 
different avenues here as someone with an MFA, you're going to need to make sure that you're really good with time management. You're going to need to be ready for that kind of exciting high stress life. Now, stress doesn't have to be a bad thing. We think of stress as bad a lot of the time, but it's it's really not. It's actually something that's really good for us if we look at it as something that's good for us. There have even been studies that show that how we think about stress changes how stress affects our bodies. And that is so true for someone in this creative field. You need to look at the stress that you're going to be under as a wonderful challenge, a chance for you to really get out there and showcase the best of who you are. So ultimately, should you get an MFA? Yeah, hell yeah, get yourself an MFA, but make sure to get one for the right reasons. Make sure you understand that it's going to be really hard. Make sure you have a plan for setting yourself up with a a solid financial career because our Ridiculous capitalist society isn't going to help you out. Make sure that you build community, build friends. You know, this is what Roundtable Writers is all about. It's all about artists supporting artists. It's all about getting out there and having people connect with one another and, you know, find new friends, work on the stuff that you love. All right. So I loved getting to talk about this with you today. Uh, I'm really excited for season two. I think we're going to have some really good stuff. Uh, There's a lot of people that I want to reach out to and connect with for interviews. So um, fingers crossed that September or October, you're able to once again listen to my dulcet tones, but alongside some other voices from the community as well. All right. Until then, my friends, go easy. And if you can't go easy... Go as easy as you can. Roundtable Radio is brought to you with the generous support of our Kofi patrons. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Kofi page at ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Our music is Spring off the 1941 album Folk Songs of the Americas and uploaded to the Internet Archive by the Cali Austin Foundation. Roundtable Radio is made available under the Creative Commons license BYNCSA. This license allows reusers to distribute, remix, adapt, and build upon the material in any medium or format for non-commercial purposes only, and only so long as attribution is given to the creator. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.